This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources. All available at iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as you listen to us live on the radio in Tampa Bay. But online at letstalkfaith.com, iHeartRadio, and Talk America Radio. You know, every Tuesday, Martha and I focus on marriage and relationship issues. Do you ever ask yourself, why? This is a workplace radio program. Why? Do you ever find yourself kind of tuning out? Here's why this is super duper important. God, I just said super duper. I know. I know. I was thinking super, super duper duper. 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 <laughs> God's design is perfect. Godly loving men are to marry godly loving women. The husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church and the wife to respect her husband, which is not hard to do if he's loving her like Christ loved the church. If our marriages are strong, then our kids will grow up seeing life through the lens of a strong marriage and loving mothers and loving fathers. These kids will then grow up to repeat the cycle. That's how this worked, people, for the first almost 6,000 years on this planet. Then divorce was made easy. Marriages fell apart because people were encouraged to be selfish and self-centered. Then the kids got destroyed by their parents' divorce and, they, divorce, and they grew up and divorced. And today we have a society of kids who are embittered by divorce, who doubt the existence of God, who reject common moral principles. What do we do? If we strengthen marriages today, we strengthen kids, and we start to take back our society. So today, we're going to talk with the founder of One Extraordinary Marriage, Alyssa DiLorenzo, about her latest book called To Love, Experiencing the Best Marriage Through the Words of Jesus. We're also going to talk about the marriage, the ministry, marriage ministry called One Extraordinary Marriage. Alyssa DiLorenzo, welcome to I Work For Him. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to talk marriage today. Yeah, well, Martha and I are always excited, aren't we, honey? On Tuesdays, together on Tuesdays, this is what we always do. That's right. We're so glad that you could join us today. All right, so Thanks, I want to jump I want, I want to jump right in. There's so much to talk about. Your book is so filled full of stuff, but I want to just get your perspective because this is a faith and work radio program. We talk every day, Alyssa, on the radio about the fact that our faith should be impacting everything we do, and what we learn on okay. Sunday, we should be equipped to take it to our workplaces Every day, but on Tuesday we focus on marriage and relationship issues, because if our marriages or our relationships at home are a mess, we think it impacts our work. How, in your opinion, how does a strong marriage make you a better employee? Well, I really believe, and I've seen it play out in so many couples, is that when when you're confident and secure at home, when that marriage relationship is rock solid, you're better able to face all of the challenges that you're going to encounter in the workplace because you know you've got a safe place to land at the end of the day. That's such a powerful, powerful, powerful idea. I love that. So tell our listeners how long you guys have been married. Tony and I have been married 20, almost 21 years. Congratulations. That's awesome. Very good. Thank you, thank you. You know, I think a lot of people don't celebrate that. That's why I want to say congratulations, because in in our culture, as sad as it may be, a lot of people don't make it 21 years. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that is a big number. And so we do want to celebrate it and, and encourage people that it can be done. So Absolutely. Has it, has it been easy or has it been hard? <laughs> we've been married more than two hours. I think we've had a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, on one hand, it's 
hard to believe that we, you know, that we've done 20 years together. It's gone by so fast in some respects. And, and then on the other hand, there have been seasons where, you know, in all honesty, Martha, we've, we've seriously come to the point where we're like, would it just be easier to get divorced? Hmm. And it was a decision that we made, gosh, probably 10 years ago now that divorce wasn't going to be an option for us. And so we, we've committed time and time again during those hard seasons that we had to find a solution. And that's really pivotal for people to hear that, you know, they may not have ever heard of a couple that made a decision to say, you know what, divorce is not going to be an option. But coming to that conclusion together, it really gives you, don't you think it gives you a lot of freedom to say this is, you know, this that's off the table. So we know we're going to work on it no matter what. Absolutely. And, and you know, I know as a wife, and I've heard Tony share the story too as a husband, that that we have the security of knowing that that board's never going to come out in a fight, mm-hmm. that we're never going to threaten to leave. And so it just says, okay, when we have those struggles, what are we going to do as a team to solve them? Mm-hmm. It's not me against him. It's us against the problem. Good words. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, and we learned many years back that a great line, your, your marriage has an, an enemy, but it's not your spouse. Oh, that's and, good. And, and it is good. That was, that was the Eldridge. Is, yes. 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 Okay. All right. Love and All right. Uh, sorry. Okay. So this difficulty where you guys had to make a decision. No, marriage, not an option. What was the turning point? What was the issue that you had to deal with? If you want to share, you don't have to share, but what was that issue that said, no, this is tough, but we're not giving up? Tony and I actually found ourselves um, about 11 years in with two young children and just really kind of living out this place where we were roommates. You know, going through the motions, trying to, you know, corral two little ones. I'm, like, covered in crumbs and <laughs> artwork and literally God only knows what else all day long. And he's, you know, doing the grind, trying to, you know, put food on the table, and we just drifted. And I'm like, we, and we got to a point where we had a conversation, like, we have, to, we have to either take action and get drastic or this is just going to keep happening. And that's when we said, okay, if we're, if we're not ever going to get divorced, if that's not an option for us, then we've got to figure out how to do this thing called marriage and how to do it the way that God wanted us to do it. And and what you just said there is so true for so many couples listening to this show and around America, that time in your marriage when your kids are little Mm -hmm. is tough. They are because you're not sleeping right. You're, you know, your sex life is messed up. I mean, it is just, those are tough. They are tough years they really are mm-hmm. i mean we, i've heard that i mean how many you guys have been doing marriage ministry for a long time how many times have you heard that same story um probably at least once a day you know an email comes in or five emails come in saying this is where we're at in our marriage and we know that's just a small sampling because you think how many babies are being born everybody's going through it or has gone through it Hey, we're talking today with Alyssa DiLorenzo about her. We're get we're going to get to her book here in just a second, but we're talking. Uh, they've got a ministry called One Extraordinary Marriage, and it is fantastic. You got to check it out online, oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And Alyssa's new book is called Called to Love. And I, the, I repeated that, but called to love. Experience your best marriage through the words of Jesus. And it's like a 40-day devotional. But before we get to that, I want to just do one more follow-up on this. What did you 
and Tony decide to do? What were some of the steps you took when you realized, hey, we've drifted apart. We're like roommates. We, we share a home. We've got kids, but we're not really lovers. We're not really best friends anymore. What were some of the things you guys specifically did in order to move past this and, and bring the vibrancy back in your marriage? Well, the first thing that we did when we had that conversation, um, we were leading a small group at our church, and Tony said, let's talk about sex. And I said, we're not having sex. What are we going to talk about? And he, he's kind of like, well, you know, we need to get, we need to talk about sex in church. And I said, okay, fine. And, and so what came out of us deciding that we were going to talk about sex in this small group was that Tony and I embarked on a 60 days of sex challenge where we committed to one another that we would engage each other sexually for 60 days, making that a priority in our marriage. That's a game changer. That had to add a lot of spice to life at home. It, 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 all of a sudden, you know, so many people hear that and they're like, oh my gosh, like I could never do that. And it wasn't so much that we, you know, it wasn't so much the sex. It was the fact that we said for this period of time, I'm going to make you the priority in my life. More important than work, more important than the kids, more important than anything. And the ripple effect of that one decision of making each other a priority has now lasted almost 10 years. Mm, That's fantastic. And that's what I wanted you to say. I wanted people to hear, hey, we did it. It impacted our marriage. Our marriage is better today than it's ever been. And, th- and that's what's so powerful. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so many people, you know, life just gets in the way of what we intended when we first said, I do. And so being able to hear that testimony and know that um, they can grow stronger and closer and to the Lord, too. Absolutely. Well, Alyssa, really quick, what, what drove you to write this 40-day devotional called to love? Uh, well, all of that work that we've, Tony and I have been doing, I actually found myself sitting in a women's conference um, three summers ago realizing that I wasn't loving Tony nearly as strong as I should be. And that's when God said, you need to dig back into my word. Mm, fantastic. Today we're highlighting the, the ministry, the marriage ministry of One Extraordinary Marriage. Check it out online, oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Tony and Alyssa DiLorenzo are the founders. We've got Alyssa DiLorenzo on the line with us today. She's just released a book recently called To Love, Experiencing Your Best Marriage Through the Words of Jesus. Alyssa, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your marriage ministry, One Extraordinary Marriage, and then then we're going to dig into some of those uh, devotionals that you wrote and, and dig into some of those topics. But where did One Extraordinary Marriage come from? Well, it, it came from, you know, as I said um, earlier, Tony and I did that 60 Days of Sex Challenge, and then we had been invited to speak at a marriage retreat and, and share our story. And from that, people kept saying, what's next? You know, what comes after? And I'm thinking, I just had sex with this guy for 60 days. Like, I'm good. Um, but from that, we realized that there was a hunger for people to have marriage resources that would speak to them right where they are to, you know, touch on their pains, to understand who they are. And from that, Tony and I started the podcast, uh, The One Extraordinary Marriage Show, which we've now been podcasting for seven and a half years. And we started touching people's lives. God gave us the ability to touch people's lives around the world. Mm -hmm. And that's how we started writing books and developing programs. And, you know, now we we reach folks, you know, literally all over the world, over 180 countries, uh, listen to the podcast. So do you, you guys do speaking engagements? Do you guys also run marriage retreats? That is something that we're looking at for 2017-2018. Um, that's next up. We've been getting a lot of requests for those, and so it's looking at what that looks like for us 
and for the couples that we want to minister to. Hmm. Awesome. Are there specific couples that you think that you are better equipped to, to minister to than others? You know, we find that a lot of folks who come to us are those that are really, you know, they tend to be in that 25 to 55. You know, they're raising kids. They're dealing with, you know, I know you're familiar with the term the sandwich generation. So they're between their parents and their children and and Mm -hmm. struggling with how to balance all of that and still be able to look across the table and be like, oh, yeah, I like you. And you know what? I love you. And I want to spend time with you, the one I said I do to. And so that's where we find um, the majority of the folks that, that tune into our materials. But we have, we have teenagers who have never heard what sounds like a good marriage who will listen to the podcast. We have those that are in their 70s and 80s who are still doing the seven days of sex challenge. Um, you know, so we run the gamut, but generally in those, you know, child rearing years is when people tend to tune in. It is amazing. So you're at this women's conference and the Lord says, hey, I want you to write a 40-day devotional on marriage. Is that how it went? Well, he, he first told me, you need to go back and read the Gospels. And, you know, because I've got something to say about marriage and the Gospels. And, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, I've already read them. First of all, I've already read them. You know, thanks, God, I checked that. I've already checked that box. <laughs> and then then it was this um, this anxiety of, you know, there are so many more qualified people than I to write on the Gospels. I really disqualified myself for months. I'm like, God, I can't do this. This is not me. Go find, you know, somebody that's been studying the Gospels for years and, and just tell them they need to write on marriage. And and it was one of those, you know, repeated messages that you finally have to just say, okay, you know what, I'm going to be obedient to this. And that's when the book started, when I finally <laughs> surrendered my will to his and uh, started walking out in obedience. It's nice to be able to sleep again after the Lord stops pounding you upside the head going, <laughs> this is what I'm asking you to do. Uh, get right. it done. That's right. All right, so that's, let's that's... let's take let's take a look at some of these devotionals. Yeah. So Jim had selected some of the ones that we kind of want to introduce our listeners to just so they get a feel for what this book is. And you know one of our frustrations or you know the challenges of radio is that you only have limited time, but the whole point is we want them to get the book. We want them to read it for themselves sure. and apply it to their lives. So day 2 is marriage isn't a fairy tale. And you focus on the um, verse of John sixteen thirty three, which says, I have told you these things. Oh, you wrote it in a different translation there, baby. <laughs> I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So tell mm-hmm. us how this transpires into the devotion. Well, you know, I, I see it time and time again when couples reach out to reach out to us at One Extraordinary Marriage that there's this idea of the fairy tale, right? That that if he loves me and I love him, we should just be you know rainbows and unicorns, and we should never have any problems. And and yet things like losing a job, or you know, children who are going unruly, or parents who are interfering, all of these things come, and people are almost blindsided by the idea mm-hmm. that marriage isn't perfect. And so going back to this verse, there was such the power in, in the remembrance that Jesus said, look, life is not going to be all rainbows and unicorns. Mm-hmm. Can't find it anywhere in any translation. That's right. <laughs> but he, you know, I, I looked, it's not there. No unicorns in the Bible. But, he, you know, that whole promise that we can take heart because he's overcome these challenges, that he knows exactly what we're going through and through his word provides a way not just through, but to break through on the other side. 
When you and Tony got married, did you get married thinking that your marriage would be a fairy tale? Oh, sure. I got married when I was 22. I didn't expect to have problems. Um, even though I'd seen it in my own parents' marriage, I thought, well, you know, exactly what I said. He loves me. We're having the pretty dress and the great food. Like, what's going to be the problem? And that lasted up until our reception when the one guest who, you know, it seems like there's always one guest at the wedding, wasn't on my side of the family. It was on his. Uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Just to clarify, Oh, just right? to clarify. But <laughs> just to clarify. Do we need to go back to that whole? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. This is a story we've shared many times. But there was that one guest at the wedding, and I'm like, "What? What's going on here?" Like somebody control her, and then we go on our honeymoon, and we end up snorkeling in a diesel spill. So I've got diesel fuel in my hair, and he can't even get close to me because I reek of diesel. <laughs> so the fairy tale crumbled pretty quickly. You know, I, that was just kind of making me go back for a moment there. Can I, if I can reminisce at our wedding reception. We um, shared the piece of cake as is much a tradition, mm-hmm. you know, and Jim then dipped me. Of course, I got the frosting up his nose and, you know, the whole bit. But then you dipped me, remember, and my whole veil came off my my head. Do you remember oh, that? No, He's I looking don't. at me with like, I don't remember that. But I was like, oh, no, that moment of I've worked all day to get this veil to stay up. But you I know was what? thinking more we about the survived. fact they cleared our plates of food before we even got oh, a chance to eat. I know. Oh. Right. So. There yeah. was the end of the fairy tale right there. He didn't even exactly. get to eat the reception no, food. It's been a fairy tale the whole time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but why do you think it's so important for people, for couples to realize in a marriage that there's going to be trouble? There's, there's so much power in awareness. And because mm-hmm. if we have this awareness that things aren't always going to be perfect, then it allows us to be proactive in our marriages, to not be reactive. Okay. And, and to go to this place of, I, I'm going to start my marriage in prayer and just surrounding it and, and breaking off anything that might try and attack my marriage. I mean, we get, we get the opportunity, if we say there's going to be problems, then let me go to warfare against those problems before they're allowed to have a stronghold. Mm. I love that when you said proactive and not reactive, because so much of the world around us doesn't look at things that way. We we wait for something that we have to respond to. But looking at our marriage with such value that we want to mm-hmm. be proactive about it can make all the difference. Hey, we're talking today with Alyssa DiLorenzo. She's written a book called To Love, which you're going to give away a copy after the bottom of the half hour, Experiencing Your Best Marriage Through the Words of Jesus in the Gospels. I added that last part on it's not on there. But I want you to check out their ministry online at oneextraordinarymarriage.com, oneextraordinarymarriage.com. So if we're proactive and we prepare ourselves for trouble, it doesn't mean we're going to have a perfect marriage. It just means that we're at least realistic. What have you and Tony, what's one specific thing where you guys were proactive in recognizing trouble was going to come and then you had it and at least you were ready and not throwing knives at each other when it came? You were at least, I mean, give us an example of, of how you were ready when trouble came. Well, we went through the, you know, the recession just like everybody else did here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And, Tony self-employed at that point in time in the auto reconditioning industry, and people were not buying new cars. So his business really dried up because they weren't reconditioning their old ones. And so because of that, we started to see, oh, my gosh, we're going to actually lose our house. And once that realization came, came about, it was, okay, how do we stay together 
on this because we know of so many couples that, you know, when financial crisis hits, they start pointing fingers at one another and you know, blaming and saying, this is your fault. And Tony and I just said, okay, what do we have to do to stay strong in this? And yes, we did end up losing our house. Uh, we went through a short sale, but where we were on the day that we handed our keys over compared to where we could have been because we said, you know what, this is coming and we're going to stay unified night and day different. Mm. Great example, and it is so true. So many thousands, we're in, and we're in Florida, so hundreds of thousands of people here sure. went through exactly the same thing. It was just a really, mm-hmm. really tough time. So what a great testimony to the fact that, you know, looking again at your marriage in a proactive way and saying, how can we remain strong so that when the hardships come, we can, you know, you're not ready to give up everything because your marriage, it matters, and we make a covenant, and God mm-hmm. gives us our spouse as a gift and to treasure that gift and to be prepared to go through the hard times together. I just, I think that's a great encouragement for our listeners. Day eight, your devotional says, nobody told me marriage would be this hard. Luke twenty two forty four, And I put this in the NLT because that's my new favorite version because everybody can understand okay. it for the most part. <laughs> he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Well, there's a whole explanation for that, but this devotional, I think one of the greatest questions I could come out of out of this one was, what happens when the pain we're experiencing in our marriage wasn't caused by me? You wrote this devotional from that perspective. What, what do I do when the when the pain wasn't caused by me? What, what, what's the background behind this one? Well, again, it, it's this whole idea that marriage is supposed to be easy, right? Like, if we love each other, it'll be, you know, perfect. Right, and the truth of the matter is, is that we're two imperfect human beings trying to do life together, and mm-hmm. so we don't always get it right. And there are lots of times that we knowingly and unknowingly inflict pain and create these moments of agony for our spouses. And so, you know, when it's not caused by us, when we're the recipient of that, we have to be really careful because we—it's so easy to fall into this helpless place full of mm. resentment and anger. So true. And and it's so important to recognize, how did Jesus respond when pain, pain when his pain was caused by others? What's the answer to that one? Well, he asked for forgiveness. Mm. Yeah, he hung he on offered... that cross and said, Father, forgive them. So powerful. And, and, and really, that's what marriage, marriage is really all about, us becoming more like Christ and becoming really good forgivers. So, Alyssa, before we talk about day 10, because that's the next one that we picked out that we want to talk about, I just want to set it up so people understand, like, the layout of the book, because they can't see it like Jim and I are sitting here looking at it. So, um, for our listeners' sake, there's just, I love your voice, by the way. Your your writing voice is very fun. I feel like I know you, and you're just Thank speaking you. to me. So, um, I I wanted to compliment you on that. But first, you're saying that this book is for a man or a woman. I mean, it's not Mm -hmm. just geared to the woman, because I want to clarify that, because a lot of times when it's written by a woman, you know, people might make an assumption that it's only for women. So I just wanted to throw that one out there. But it's only like three pages is a day is one devotional. And then you've written out a prayer at the end that really Mm -hmm. kind of wraps it all up. And there's a scripture that is the focus of it at the beginning. So I just wanted people to kind of get that perspective as we're talking through these. And then you've given a place for journaling, for putting down your thoughts and your prayers. And you really encourage that as a part of every day when somebody does this, right? 
Absolutely, because, you know, so often, I mean, part of the reason why the days are short is because I understand that people are busy, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and yet it's so vital that we spend time in God's Word and in prayer, and that's why I was so, uh, I felt so strongly about including those journaling pages, because we need to stop and actually hear from God. We can't just be running through, okay, you know what, I've I've read my verse, I've had the devotional, I've read the prayer, boom, down, close the book. It's like, wait, stop and just take a minute and, you know, ask God, what am I supposed to get out of this today? What am I supposed to do or act on? You know, what, what are you trying to illuminate in my own life that I need to correct, strengthen, do whatever to make my marriage stronger? And that's why those journaling pages, I've heard from so many that that's where, as they go through the 40 days, they just start to see the transformation in their prayer life and what they're, you know, thinking towards their spouse uh, and in the strength of their marriage. Right. Well, I I thank you for sharing that, because I just think it's important for people to kind of get a better grasp of what it is. So hopefully someone will call in and get a copy of the one that we have to give away and or go online and get a copy for themselves uh, through your website. So day 10 is um, I feel all alone. And the scripture is Matthew twenty seven forty six. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a lo- loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So tell us what you are, uh, are pulling out of that verse. And then we'll talk about, you know, when we marry, it's for better or for worse. And that seems like what Jesus was going through there, right? Absolutely. And I think... You know, we we so often um, put on this facade when we're showing up to church on Sunday mornings that everything is okay, or, you know, we're talking to, you know, folks from church, or even just in our work life, and we keep this facade up that everything's good, and yet inside, when life throws these curveballs at us, we're like, hey, God, like, what about me? Where are you? And I thought it was so, you know, as I read those words again for G- from Jesus, I thought, oh my gosh, he absolutely, like, he was in that dark place mm-hmm. of saying, God, you know, like I'm your beloved son here. What, what are you doing? Knowing full well that he had to go through it, but it, it just, just that connection that he would have with each one of us to say, I get it. I know you're going to feel abandoned and alone and forsaken. Mm. Well, we marry for better or for worse. So what, What's your suggestion when the worst part comes along? Because a lot of people think we marry for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, uh, for richer, for poor, but we're hoping for better, healthy, richer. We're not really counting on the worse, sicker, uh, and poor. We're not counting on those other three. Right, and it's making that decision in that place of saying, you know, we've talked about a little bit in the interview about, you know, being on the same team, but it's also saying, okay, where do I go? You know, here's Jesus literally the worst moment of his life. And what's he doing? He's crying out to God. He's not posting it on Facebook. He's not, you know, sending a tweet on Twitter. He's not doing all these other things. He's saying, God, I need to have a conversation with you. Things are not well in my life. And it's that model that you and I and everyone listening has to go, okay, what, where do I go first when things are at their worst? Mm-hmm. You know, and in this Day 10 devotional, you write also about that dealing with the pain and the guilt of a lost child. Can you share a little of that story? Yeah, back in, uh, back in 2004, uh, right around Christmas time in December uh, 14th, I was 18 weeks pregnant with our second child, and my water broke, and they didn't know why. 
Um, and so doctors were telling me to abort and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, as long as he's got a heartbeat and I'm not dying, we're keeping this baby. Um, but then I started going to labor and there was nothing that they could do. And my son, our son, Andrew, um, was born at 18 weeks and never took a breath. And coming out of that hospital, that maternity ward that day, I, I was in this place. Like I could, this verse was going over and over. I'm like, God, why me? Why, why did you not let me take my baby home? Why? Yeah. And so there was so much of this pain and I couldn't go to Tony because we were both grieving in our own way. It was, you know, men and women grieve the loss of a child very differently. And I had lots of friends who were giving me the whole, well, it must be God's will. And I'm like, no, not buying that one today. Um, you know, and, and all of these, well, he's in a better place and this type of thing. And I'm like, yes, but I'm the one in the bad place. And so it was really going, I, I had to lean into God in order to find my way out of that dark spot because the pain and the guilt would have completely overwhelmed me. Did you and Tony learn to run towards each other in that time? I mean, how did you guys deal with, I mean, as you said, you said it perfectly, men and women deal with pain like this. We grieve very, very differently. But the whole idea behind marriage is that we've got our best friend by our side for these difficult times because two are stronger than one. And a cord mm-hmm. of three strands is, you know, unbreakable. So how did you guys learn to run towards each other during this spot? It was it was a journey. I wish I could say that, you know, two weeks later we're like, you know, wrapped in each other's arms and just I love you and we'll be through this together. And, and it was really, it, it was a couple-year journey, couple, three-year mm-hmm. journey for us to come back together um, because, I completely withdrew. And a lot of people do this when they're faced with just overwhelming pain, they'll withdraw. And what I didn't know at the time was that Tony had been literally been my bubble, my shield protecting me from all of everybody's comments and inputs and opinions and everything like that. And so he was just angry. He was angry that he couldn't, he couldn't fix this for us. And Mm. we really actually didn't even start to see a shift until our daughter who was born a year later. So she was born in 2005. um, She offhandedly, I was talking to her brother one day, and he just makes this comment, hey, you know, we've got a brother in heaven. And you don't tell a three-year-old those kinds of comments without knowing that there are going to be a lot of questions. And so she started mm-hmm. asking us questions. And it was us looking at each other across the table to say, again, how are we going to be unified to answer these questions and to, to share what heaven is to our children and what their brother is experiencing in heaven? And that's, that's when the shift started to happen for the two of us. We're talking today with Alyssa DiLorenzo about her brand new book called To Love and about their ministry that she and her husband Tony have founded and been involved in for many years, OneExtraordinaryMarriage.com, OneExtraordinaryMarriage.com. Now, Alyssa, you mentioned that for seven and a half years, you and Tony have been doing a podcast. So Mm -hmm. can people get access to that marriage podcast off your website? They can get it off of the website, iTunes, Stitcher, um, wherever they access podcasts, if they type in One Extraordinary Marriage, they're going to find us. Awesome. And how often do you guys put out a new one? We put out a new one every Tuesday. So we're up to episode uh, today as of this recording, episode 385. Nice. Well, congratulations. That's pretty cool. Thank All you. right. So let's. So if you want to check out their, uh, and get a weekly dose of encouragement for your marriage, check out OneExtraordinaryMarriage.com. And subscribe for the podcast or go out to iTunes and look up One Extraordinary Marriage. All right. Now, on day 23, you deal with something that Martha and I have, we struggle with and most couples struggle with. And it's something that 
It is a plague, I think, a, a specific plague against all marriages, but Christian marriages, it, it just seems like this is a real plague. Day 23, stop the glorification of the busy. I like to call the glorification of the stupid busy, but <laughs> this is your book, and I didn't get to edit it. So Mark, next time. Next next time. time. Mark 631, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Why, in your perspective, and in your 21 years of marriage, why is busyness bad for our marriages? It's bad because all of the distractions, all of these things, that, and most of them are good, all of these distractions break down the connection that we have with our spouses. And this relationship between husband and wife has to be the most important earthly relationship. Mm. So how has busyness impacted your marriage? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. True confessions right here. That's right. right. Here That's what it's live radio. That's what we do. <laughs> True confessions. You know, we have, we have found ourselves, you know, as we've been building one extraordinary marriage, there have been seasons where every conversation, every well, I'd like to call it a date night, but it ends up being a working meeting, revolves around, oh, well, how are we going to build this into, you know, reaching people's lives, and how are we going to do this? And it, it, this even happened to us a couple weeks ago, and I looked at Tony, we're going out on a date night, and I said, okay, we're in the car, you've got five minutes to talk whatever business you want to talk about, but we're going on this date, and we're not talking business, and we're not talking our children. Anything else is game, but we just, we've got to put ourselves in this place where we refocus our energies on our marriages because all of these things that are taking us away aren't going to be there over the long term, but the relationship with our spouse is. You know, I think one of the other things Jesus was talking about there was, you know, he was talking about the busyness, but his need, he also had many other examples in the Gospels where he went, as- went alone by himself into the quiet place. How do you think that quietness helps you avoid the busyness, your own quiet time? How does that help you avoid the busyness in your marriage? Well, when you take time for yourself and, and specifically time to connect with the Lord, and this is how I start probably five or six days out of seven, um, it it just gets me refocused on God, God's will for my life, which means God's will for my marriage. And so it starts getting, because my thoughts are getting in alignment with His, then all of a sudden I'm making those decisions on what I need to say no to. Because there are so many good things, but sometimes we have to say no to the good so that we can say yes to our spouses. Mm. I like that. Say that again. That was good. We say no to the good things so that we can say yes to our spouses. That was good. You should tweet that right now. That's a really good one. I like that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have so much work to do, but understand that our marriage in our culture can be the greatest light, and strong marriages build strong families, and strong families impact neighborhoods. They build churches, and our marriages are an encouragement to the people we live alongside, the people we work alongside. So every Tuesday we talk about this, and today we're highlighting the ministry of One Extraordinary Marriage and Alyssa Lorenzo and her book called To Love. Alyssa, the last day that we're going to highlight today is day 27, and I picked it because this is something that, again, Martha and I are really struggling with, rest. So you, you wanted a private little conversation a, with her, we right? Pri- <laughs> well, because we're in ministry together as well, just like you and Tony. And there are days where, just as you just said on your date night, you have to say, you could talk about anything you want to right now, but we're on our date. No business. 
No kids. We're going to talk about whatever, but no business, no kids, no ministry, just that kind of stuff. All right. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Talk to me. What does rest look like in marriage? Rest is that unplugging. You know, we're so connected to our computers, to our phones, to television, to obligations, to all these things. And and we need to create an environment between husband and wife where there is rest, where there is quiet, where there's not, you know, a full list. I was talking to a coaching client the other day, and, and husband and wife, and the husband looks at me and goes, we don't have a free weekend in the next six weeks. I need rest. And and it was just that understanding of we need quiet. We need space. We need to breathe. So many yeah, of us just aren't even breathing anymore. Most definitely. And what happens when we don't get that? Oh, my goodness. There's so much disconnect and pain. And it's the snippy remarks that we make to one another because we feel just this, you know, stressed out. You know, instead of being acting like we're blessed, we're just being stressed all the time, right? And mm-hmm. so we, we have the short comments to our spouse or we don't reach out and connect with them. It just becomes this almost hostile environment <laughs> in our so marriage because we're... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It just because we, it becomes hostile because we aren't taking time for the things that are actually restorative, spending time with God, spending time with our spouse. So how did you and Tony, how have you dealt with this, this, this rest thing? Because I think any people that are married in marriage ministry together, uh, certainly as you just described through the Great Recession where, you know, you guys lost your home. I mean, it, those are stressful times. How, what happened in your marriage when you ignored rest? Uh, well, this gal tends to stop talking when she feels a little bit overwhelmed and stressed. So it got very, very quiet in our house. Um, and it, it was just this, this period of growing disconnect. I mean, I, I can almost liken it to feeling like the Grand Canyon. Like Tony was standing on one side and I was on the other side. And, and we literally, through baby steps, found our way back to another. And one of the most restorative things that Tony and I do on a regular basis is we get out for something we call our walk and talks. So there's like a 30-minute loop around our house. We only take one phone just in case the kids at home need something mm-hmm. and it gets shoved in a back pocket. And it's just our time to be out in nature, add beauty, connected to each other and moving our bodies all at the same time. You used a word, a very powerful word, restorative. And that's really what Jesus was talking about, wasn't it? That, that mm-hmm. rest restores us. Absolutely. We're spending so much of our days as a society running on empty. You see it in, in people's, in the, in the words they use, in their, their body actions, and, and, and everything that they present. When you're running on empty, you have nothing to give to your marriage. You've got to, you've got a clear margin into your life so that you can, so that you can live the life that Jesus called you to, to live the marriage that he called you to. But if you're on empty, you've got, you've got nothing. Hmm. And your kids notice and your spouse notices it impacts everything. Let me just ask one last question. You and Tony, how important has prayer been in your marriage together? As you guys pray together, how important has praying together been? I would say that prayer is actually probably the most intimate thing that Tony and I do. It connects us on a way that nothing else, not even sex, connects us. And a lot of people aren't used to hearing that. 
And so, um, you know, I hope that they hear that as an encouragement, that that is, that is, we often say in, and when we're talking to couples, that it's the glue that holds mm-hmm. you together and you do, you get to see each other's hearts in a way that no other time. Thank you for sharing that. Alyssa DiLorenzo oh. with One Extraordinary Marriage. Thank you so much for sharing your book called The Love. Thanks for being on I Work For Him today. It was a great conversation. We're so appreciative of your time today. Thank you. All right, make sure you check out Alyssa and Tony and their, on their website, oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Check out their podcast, too, One Extraordinary Marriage. You know, Martha, as we talk about just uh, tools for married couples, this is another one of those great tools, a devotional they can do together, called to love by Alyssa DiLorenzo. That was a good conversation. It's great. Wow. You've been listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. You know, it's so important. We just recognize this one thing. I, I work, work for, for him. him.